If you're scared, your unconscious mind is scared and it will trigger a body response that generally speaking is not healthy. How do we stay ahead of this? There's a couple ways and I'm happy to tell you that I've done all of this personally. I've coached people on this for years and this stuff works. So ready or not, here we come. Hi there and welcome to the Falling in Love with Your Fit podcast where we teach you how to thrive in your body with frameworks, solid inspiration and motivation to help you eat for vitality, move optimally and love your life so that you can ultimately fulfill your calling. If you have lost your grip on your own fitness, or maybe you're just ready to take it to the next level, this is for you. Let's get to work. Hello, and welcome back to the Love Your Fit podcast. This is Dr. Laura Sparks. It's been a while since I've talked to you, and I wanted to talk to you today about trusting your body. Now, this is really kind of a simple concept. Um, Simple concept, but one that has some pretty big ramifications. So I'm going to make a bold statement. And um, I have a lot of experience and information that will back this up, but I'm just going to say it. Your body knows what it's doing. I know that sounds kind of crazy. If you've been suffering with any kind of health issues, if you have had a health scare, if you almost feel betrayed by your body in some ways, that's going to sound um, maybe like something that you just want to reject outright. But I promise you, 30 years of experience um, being with patients for that length of time, some of those patients for 10, 20 years, um, love that, by the way. It's just so fun to have long-term relationships with people like that. The other thing that I want you to know beyond even just practicing and seeing people, you know, almost every day of my life for the past 30 years, helping them get better and achieve higher levels of health. The other thing that I want you to know is that I've been studying health, body responses, um, how we actually get healthy, how we actually, um, you know, achieve optimal health for longer than 30 years, probably close to 40 years now. Um, And so not only is your body, you know, well aware of what it's doing most of the time, it is. Just please understand that in some respects, your body is always just responding to its environment. It was created to do that. So if we put terrible food into our body, it will respond by kind of acting out in a sense. If you overeat sugar, it will respond by breaking down um, and over-responding or under-responding with adequate insulin, which will lead to type 2 diabetes and ultimately, you know, all the ramifications that go along with that. It is always responding to the stressors, the triggers, excesses, or perhaps the non-excesses, the not enough um, situations that we put it in, the deprivations, um, in exactly the right way, the way it was designed to. So let me give you a couple examples of this. Food poisoning is a great example, I think, of of a body responding to a chemical or chemicals that are nasty, um, that potentially are poison to the body. And if you've ever had it, it's a pretty violent response by a healthy body to eliminate as quickly as it can um, all the offenders, right? It, you throw up, um, it comes up both ends 
And sometimes it can be a violent response. I actually had this not too long ago, and I'm always amazed at how violent my body, you know, rejects that. And I'm so thankful that it does. Um, and it does it pretty seamlessly. And within, I don't know, I can't remember the time frame exactly, but within about 16 hours after I consumed a, a little bit of chicken, deli chicken that was kind of off, um, it was out of my system and I was back to normal. But in the short period of time it was in there, my body reacted violently. That's a healthy body reacting to an offensive chemical or food to help you stay healthy. Another example would be fever. Of course, you've heard, I'm sure, that the, the best thing we can do for fever is to bring it down, right? We don't want that fever to be excessive. We don't want that fever to potentially cause a seizure or cause injury. And the truth of the matter is that fever is always there for a reason. As we well know, it comes when we're sick and it is there to help you fight the infection, to help you fight that bacteria, help you fight that virus, whatever it might be, it is there to help you. Now, if you turn the fever down, turn the temperature down, your body is not actually able to kill that microbe. When we autoclave instruments, um, that is sterilize them for surgeries or, you know, for procedures where they require sterilized, clean instruments, we use an autoclave and we heat them to hundreds of degrees. We almost incinerate the actual tools um, to clean them. So literally anything that might risk living on an instrument, surgical instrument, will die in the autoclave, all right? Same principle in your body. Your body heats up to an excessively high temperature to try and rid you of that organism. So here's the thing. There is a time and a place, I suppose, to, to lower a fever. But by and large, what we see is that when we lower a fever, it often prolongs the illness simply because we can't fight it then and we're interfering with the body's natural response to the offending organism. So you don't necessarily want to be turning down the temperature every time you get a little bit of a fever. All right, here's a third example. And this is one that I want to sp spend some time on today. Stress, fear, and inadequacy. How do we respond to that? And those three are sort of a collective because I kind of feel like one leads to another. Um, one brings up another. And uh, I want to just address those very directly. So if you have a lot of stress or fear or the feeling of inadequacy in your life, what happens? You naturally respond by cocooning by staying in your safety zone, by not going out, by fleeing or by avoiding, right? So fight, flight, or freeze. Now, here's the thing. And the thing that concerns me a little bit about all of that is that we have been in kind of fight or flight for mm, the better part of two years, haven't we? In fact, it's been longer than two years. If you think about when, you know, the COVID scare started, it was early in 2020. We're now at the end of 2022. For two solid years and a little bit, we have been on high alert. Now, the body was never designed to live on high alert. And so we go into what we call adrenal overload and then eventually adrenal compromise. So 
Adrenaline is one of the stress hormones in the body. It was made for the purpose of stress response, and it is what allows you to do the fight or flight. It's what allows little old ladies to pick up Volkswagens when they're, you know, in a stressful, scary situation. What will happen with adrenaline? Adrenal glands don't know any different. They don't know one fear from the next. If you're watching TV, if you're watching a scary movie, if you're watching an image that is scary to your brain, it doesn't know the difference between reality and that image on the TV. Your unconscious brain does not know the difference and neither, for that matter, does your adrenal gland. It just responds based on the way you are thinking about it. If you're scared, your adrenal gland is scared. If you're scared, your unconscious mind is scared and it will trigger a body response that generally speaking is not healthy. How do we stay ahead of this? There's a couple ways and I'm happy to tell you that I've done all of this personally. I've coached people on this for years and this stuff works. So ready or not, here we come. We're going to hit it <laughs> hard and uh, I want you to leave this podcast understanding that you actually can be ahead of this game. First thing we need to do is eat well. The fuel that you put into your body is the fuel that your body needs not only to build living tissue but to actually create a response that is healthy to your environment. You have to be good, putting good fuel in and you cannot you know, shortchange yourself in terms of the fuel that you put in there. It has to be good fuel. Number two is exercise. What exercise will do for you is normalize the stress response and normalize your body's response to its environment. See, if we're not doing anything strenuous ever, you don't know how to respond when you're in a stressful or strenuous situation and your body can't respond. As we get older, it's even more important that we do this. We become more efficient as we get older. It takes less effort for us to do the dishes and to do the laundry, believe it or not, than it did when we were first learning. Trust me, as I train my kids to do laundry, they're all over the place. <laughs> they are young and able, but clearly they're not as skilled as I am. And so please know that if you are not doing something above and beyond what your work requires of you or what your daily life requires of you, you will lose ground in terms of your fitness. You don't see football players or baseball players training during the competition time, during the competitive game. They train before or after competition, don't they? And then they are ready. So it is with you. I want you to be ready to be in your game every single day by training hard outside of your regular activities. Number three, nurture. And this means nurture yourself. Find hobbies, find rest, active recreational rest that you love, that you feel good doing, and that really feeds your soul. This is so critical. I can't tell you how important it is that you find activities that you like to do. What this does is trigger the dopamine response in your brain. Okay. And dopamine is that feel good hormone. Dopamine also helps to counteract the sort of bad chemicals like adrenaline and cortisol. It helps to counteract those things and helps you to function at a high, happy, feel good level for the feel good things that you do. Find healthy hobbies that you enjoy. I love active activities because I like to move my body. I would say running for me is not only exercise, but it does my brain and nervous system so much good when I'm outside and enjoying, you know, the seasons, enjoying the time with my dog and, um, you know, testing my physical strength at the same, at the same time. 
And then finally, spiritual exercise. Do you have a spiritual practice? Are you meditating or praying every single day? Do you journal? Do you take time to meditate on good words that feed your heart and soul? I read my Bible every single day. I spend time memorizing, learning God's word so that it becomes an anchor in my life. It's a go-to in my life. It is a steady force, a rudder, so to speak, that keeps me balanced and keeps me on track. You see, I think there is still times that it seems like your body won't cooperate absolutely. And you know what? That's okay. As you get a little bit older, your body doesn't respond as quickly as it used to. We're not as elastic or as flexible as we once were. And I promise you that that is absolutely normal. Trust that it knows what it's doing. And as you take care of your body well, trust that it will take care of you. And so as we wrap up today, I just want to thank you for listening. And I just encourage you to share this podcast with somebody that you care about, somebody that maybe needs to take care of their body a little bit better, or maybe somebody that just needs some encouragement and perhaps the knowledge that everything will be okay and that we can control how we take care of ourselves. Until next time, God bless. so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment, rate and review and subscribe. You can interact with me on Facebook at Dr. Laura Sparks and email me directly at support at drlaurasparks.com. Until next time, keep loving life and stay moving.